Welcome to this week's podcast. My guest on Facing the Canon is Killy John, my wife. I am absolutely delighted to welcome Mrs. Killy John to Facing the Canon. Well, I know it's traditional to say thank you for having me on the show, but I always find it's a bit unusual for the guests to say that because they don't know what you're going to say or how you're going to say it. So I'll say thank you at the end. <laughs> well, thank you, Killy. And we haven't prepped any questions, no. but we have been married for 39 years this year. Yes, we have. 1983 was when we got married. Well, let's start with your grandparents. Your grandparents were Christians, believers, serving the Lord. Tell us about your grandparents. Yeah, so on my mum's side, um, my grandmother was converted under W.P. Nicholson in um, Bangor, Northern Ireland. And he was an evangelist? He was an evangelist, yes, he was. And she became a missionary, actually in the 1930s to uh, Burma, which is now known as Myanmar. And um, that was where she met my grandfather while she was out there. And then they came back and he became a, a minister, pastor of a church. So, uh, yeah. And what about your paternal grandparents? So on my father's side, my um, grandfather and great uncle were both evangelists and they were Tom Reese and Dick Reese. And they um, were evangelists and they just um, told the good news. And my great uncle, Tom Rees, actually after the Second World War was very influential in the Albert Hall being filled, Earl's Court, all sorts of places to preach the gospel. So um, it's quite a, quite a generation actually. And then my father actually was, a, was also a minister. And he was a minister in Cambridge at Holy Trinity Cambridge. That's right. That's right. That's where we were married at Holy Trinity Cambridge, and um, and yeah. he became the head of the church army. That's yes, he did. After Cambridge, he became head of the church army, which is um, sort of the evangelistic wing of the Church of England. So, yeah. so generations of Christians, missionaries, evangelists, <laughs> and you're brought up as a Christian. But then, you, in your student years, you wavered. Tell us about that time. Yes. I mean, actually, one of the things that I did do was I vowed I'd never marry a minister or anything like that. So um, so that's perhaps for another time, another story. But um, yes, so I was brought up as a Christian in a loving Christian home. Um, but I was very good at RE because my father was a, a vicar. So um, so that meant I took it all the way to A-level. And of course, then it becomes, the Bible became more of a textbook than an actual book to read for transformation. And um, so I think probably when I was about that sort of age, 16, 17, um, yeah, my faith became sort of head knowledge rather than heart knowledge. And um, I did have a few years of uh, wandering around. Yeah. Pretty unhappy, to be honest. <laughs> wandering around in the wilderness. Wandering around in the wilderness, well, at Cheltenham. <laughs> so. When you were at college. Yeah. Okay. And you were at that time studying training in I, what? I, I studied in hotel management. So I was doing a course in hotel management. So. But then tell us, you're, one summer, you're in Cambridge, you're running a coffee shop <laughs> and a mission takes place. 
Tell us about that. Shall I tell? Okay. Yes. So, so um, basically, my father, who loved me very much, and thought I could do anything. I was home from college, and he said, "Why don't you just set up a coffee shop?" Because obviously, I was doing hotel management. So I thought, well, actually, not a bad idea. So we had the. He was. It was right in the city centre. So we, um, a friend and I, set up a coffee shop, and uh, Margaret and. Um, we had to share the premises with the overseas mission that was going on. So students, overseas students, flocked to Cambridge to hear, to learn English, mm. and uh, so the churches all got together and they would reach out to them basically with a lunch bar and a coffee coffee place in the evening. And um, so I had to hand the keys over. And the first thing was, I thought, I can't believe it. This is students my age who give up their summer holidays to come and tell people about Jesus. And I think that was the first thing that really spoke to me, that these people, you know, that students would do this. And um, and then the second thing was I got chatting to the leader of the uh, team and um, we had some very interesting conversations about um, life and the path you're on and where you're going, which of course I knew because I'd had that Christian heritage, I knew a lot of it and I was very dismissive. And he kept inviting me saying, would you like to come and, you know, come to one of the evening things? And um, I kept saying, no, 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 but he was very persistent. And so I ended up, in fact, I'd go home, bake cakes and all that sort of thing, iron the tablecloth. Um, and then sit down with my mum and watch a bit of TV. But uh, that night I said, mum, I'm gonna go to this meeting. And I literally just went to this uh, coffee bar that was happening in the evening. And um, everything spoke to me. It was like, I mean, now I know it was the Holy Spirit, but it was like the drama was like my life <laughs> being laid out before me. And, um, and so it was amazing really. And I was the first person to go forward. And then I always say that the leader followed me up because it was you. <laughs> it was, I was privileged to help you rediscover the wonder of God's grace. That's and right. yes, I did follow you up. I wrote you um, epistles, yes, letters to encourage you as you went back to college. It was pre-mobile phones. So yeah, yeah. So we had lots of um, letters and phone calls in the phone box so uh, yeah no. but I think with you Killy I think it was um, to use an analogy it was a bit like this brand new radio uh, that's fantastic um, but wasn't plugged in and when you got plugged in that summer it's like your entire upbringing and heritage all kicked in you know, the prayers of your grandmother. Yeah. And all of that just kicked in. Definitely. And I think as well, because I'd grown up, I know it sounds ridiculous sometimes to say this, I'd grown up in Sunday school. Um, I think the one time I said, I don't want to go, my mum said, well, you have to be ill then and made me <laughs> stay in bed in the vicarage. And um, so, so I'd sort of grown up in that kind of life. And I knew how important it was to pray, how important it was to read your Bible. And I sort of had the tools to do that, but I'd sort of shelved it. So yeah, no, definitely. It was like the radio being plugged in. So uh, yeah. 
Well, we became friends. Yes, we and did. And I followed you up, <laughs> and then we started dating. We were engaged, um, and then uh, we got married. But I, I was traveling extensively, and in those early years, how did you find it uh, with me being away so much? Interesting question. So, so when we first got married, uh, I was working full time, uh, uh, running a, a coffee shop, setting up and running a coffee shop in Nottingham Library, and so it was busy. And I think um, when you had time to be at home, I was at work, and you were sort of. And then in the evenings you'd be going out to work and weekends and things. So it was it was a difficult. I have to say, if I'm honest, it was a difficult time. And um, I think uh, we sort of um, <laughs> we rowed a lot. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, we, we we say that we we've been married 39 years and we've had 38 happy ones. <laughs> <laughs> that that first year, it's adjusting, isn't it? Is it is adjusting. Because I often say, you know, at Christmas, uh, when you bring a Christmas tree into your house, you have to rearrange the furniture. But when you bring another person into your life, you've got to rearrange a lot more. Yeah. And you, you don't always know how to do that. No. And I think as well, uh, I was young. I was very independent. I sort of lived away from home for years and years and things like that. And um, well, not years and years, but a good few years. <laughs> and uh, um, and so I think you suddenly realise when you move in, you know, to, when you marry and move into a flat together, you realise actually I've got some rough edges that need smoothing out. And um, yeah, no. So I mean, the low the. I, I hope, I'd hope it's all right to share these, but the low moments were probably throwing the salad servers at you, yes, and uh, and the storming out, going, "I'm leaving." Yes, <laughs> but but then but you then came I, back. I came back because I had nowhere to go. <laughs> so so uh, yeah, interesting times. Interesting times, um, but we did adjust. And, um, and and the thing about marriages is, is complementing each other, isn't it? And it's give and take. So we look back now, you know, having been married this year, 39 <laughs> years. I know. And uh, I know. you're my best friend. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. You're my best friend too. <laughs> <laughs> but we saw some incredible things as we travelled around. We went to Australia together. Uh, in 1985 for two and a half months. Can I say that was funny because I was so like, this is my first international trip. This is like major. So I went to Marks and Spencer's and got this lovely outfit. It was linen. And I thought I've got to arrive looking, you know, looking really good. Well, this linen outfit was, and the shoes I had on was so uncomfortable. And I arrived there. I didn't. I just couldn't comprehend how far Australia was yes. on the plane. I just, I just couldn't. And I arrived. I looked like I'd been through the spin dryer. Everything was just creased. I was like, I kind of like, oh dear, it was just awful. Anyway, awful. But we My were shoes there. didn't fit. It was terrible. We were there for two and a half months ministering, and it was. We looked back and grateful to God. Oh, so grateful. I mean, amazing opportunities, really. And Canada and yeah. many, many other countries yeah. that we've uh, ministered uh, t together. Yeah. 
and particularly these last 10 years, we've been traveling together a lot um, more, everywhere yeah. we go throughout the UK yeah. and around the world. Yes. And you like traveling. <laughs> I do. I do like traveling. I really like traveling. I think I like meeting people and I like and I like seeing new places. So, um, yes, yeah, so I've certainly been able to do that. And also just to say, you know, to to see the bigger picture of what God's doing uh, around the world is always so encouraging. I mean, even back in the 80s when we went to Australia, it was a lady who'd heard you in Nottingham and had been really touched and she was Australian. And she said, I'm going to set up these meetings for you. And, you know, you just think people like that who stepped out and, you know, and invited us to go. It was it was Yeah, incredible. that's so yeah. true. That so initial true. invitation was from a housewife. Yeah. No, she was amazing. She Wendy, was incredible. incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I Wendy. Know. Yeah. So. Well, bless Wendy, yeah. whatever she's doing now. And, We're friends and it, on Facebook. But it is amazing how a housewife can open a door that then opens up so many other I doors. No. I mean, we've been back, what, 23 times to yeah. Australia. Yeah, no, and, it's interesting. And um, that's just one amongst many countries. Yeah, no. Okay, true. the children arrived. They certainly did. So <laughs> tell us about that. Uh, so, um, so with our first child, we thought I could still travel. I could still go with you. And so we did actually do another Australia trip, which was a whole different experience with a toddler. And I came back yes. from there. And I remember we were at St. Nick's in Nottingham at that time. And um, David Huggett said, oh, you've got to stand up and say how amazing the trip was and what you saw and everything. And I mean, we did. We saw amazing things. But I stood up and I said, I'm never going back. It was <laughs> awful. <laughs> but, but it was it hard work. It wasn't that with a bad. Toddler, no, but with a toddler <laughs> yeah. uh, on the road. Again, I think we were there for two and a half months. Yeah. yeah. And it was a challenge. It was a, cha- it was a challenge with a, with a young child and uh, different people's homes and things. And um, yeah. So. But, you know, um, uh, every week I, I write an article called Heroes of the Faith. And one of the things is uh, exploring these heroes, just being reminded of how many of them truly went the extra mile oh, no. with, with their families. I know. Long, I mean, left families, left families, or or even saw their families all die while they were out in these places. I know it has been amazing actually because I've sort of read the, um, read them for for the podcast, and I have to say, I mean, sometimes I've uh, even cried reading them because it's just so moving to hear what people did sacrifice and um, and we forget there was no there was no email, mobile phones fax machines you no, know there was FaceTime, nothing no. there was nothing i mean even the phone line probably didn't work that well and you know and i mean just incredible incredible what what people accomplished and um, and did yeah no and actually it's a privilege to read them and to learn so much about so many different people really yeah I know you feel, <laughs> particularly when you're in ministry, you feel like all eyes are upon you. Yeah. And, and you feel like people are, are judging you for not being a, a good mother or a wife or I, whatever. I definitely. But it's not true, It's though. not true. And I definitely, to my younger self, as they say, I would definitely say, you know, it really, 
really doesn't matter. And um, and I think as well to to just encourage young mums and things that it's a season. Enjoy the season. It goes. It does go by very quickly. And um, you know. And and you know they say about a village raising children. I don't know who said that, but you know it is true. The church family. It's really important, and um, you know, I loved the sort of t- um, toddler groups and crash and things like that. I used to hate it that my children always cried when I left them, <laughs> left them in crash. And I remember one older woman saying to me, she said, "Well, look, you wouldn't want them just to go running off that they didn't miss you." And I thought, I think I would, but I understood the sentiment that actually they love you, but they do get used to it. So don't don't sort of feel that that's a reason not to go to church. Because no. your kid cries in the group, so um, yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, a- a- any advice, any tips on raising children without raising your blood pressure, Killy? What comes any, to mind? Any tips? Yes, um, pray a lot. <laughs> no. um, and prayer is vital. Prayer, isn't no, it? we joke, but prayer is vital. And in fact, we prayed um, over our uh, boys' pillows many, yeah, many times. Many times. Just and praying as they laid their heads you know, that they would be at peace and yes, rest. Yes, and just, I think prayer is crucial because keep your communication and your relationship with Jesus is really important. And then um, my other thing is, I'd say always bite size, bite size Bible. So, um, you know, now it's so fortunate that there's apps with devotionals on and things like that. And just, you know, just really just get something that works for you. So whether it's first thing in the morning or it's while the babies are having their nap or something, just take even five, ten minutes just to have a verse and a little thought and just to pray. Um, I think that's really important. And just don't don't stress the small stuff. Don't stress, um, my kid's got a runny nose. Before children, you always think, oh, my child will never go around with a snotty nose. But you know, <laughs> it's all, and they're screaming when you're wiping their nose. Um, you know, don't stress about it. They don't have to be perfectly dressed and perfectly turned out and all this is, you know, you want them to be relaxed. You want your children relaxed and enjoying life. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And we all make mistakes, don't we? We certainly do. And um, there is grace and the Lord uh, encourages us, empathises with us, strengthens us. Yeah. Tell us a, a little bit about your own devotional life. What's the rhythm of that for you? Well, we do quite a bit together, which is really good. And I love that. So we sort of um, first thing in the morning pray together and last thing at night, pray together. But I always think it's really important to have your own sort of spiritual time, your own time with the Lord. And so I'd say I'm not brilliant in having the same time every day, but I do make time just to pray and to read the Word. And we've been doing, actually we've been doing that together, the 30-day shred, or I think it's called, or something, which was meant to be read the whole Bible in 30 days, which I actually think if anyone has done it, message me and tell me, because I just think it's almost impossible. But um, but uh, so we're on to the third month of the 30-day <laughs> shred. But, 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 but it's our, great. I love but it. But our I love attitude it. Is, is aim for 30 days. And if you do it in 60, yeah. well done. Yeah rather than not do it. I know, that's it. But also, I love to have my own time. So studying the Bible and looking at at the Bible. And I try to do that. 
uh, most days and just to just to get some nuggets and thoughts and um, yeah no I love it and I and every now and again I do the staff prayers and I love actually just preparing for that and um, and doing a little something for that so um, yeah. So yeah. as as you look back um, over your life since you were became passionate in following Jesus and of course we've been married 39 years and ministering together. What are some of the highlights as you look back, Killy, for you? What are the memorable oh. moments that come to mind? Um, I think possibly the Emirates Stadium is one of the most memorable moment, moments. So for those who don't know, uh, we booked the Emirates Stadium. Um, Which is a big football Can I just stadium. say, huge leap of faith. Um, and that's what I admire about you, is that you go for it. You'll get your sort of thing, okay, the Lord's saying this, let's push the door and see what happens. And um, and so we booked the Emirates Stadium and somewhere, I don't know how it happened, but somewhere along the line, I ended up co-hosting. So there was With our son, son Michael, Michael, there was you and there was me. And I'm the one who was going, let's all sit down, have a little coffee, find out where we're going with the, you know, get a script, basically, so I know where I'm going. <laughs> and you and Michael were like, yeah, 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 it'll be okay, chill, don't worry, chill, chill. don't worry so about it. So we're now on the day of the, <laughs> of the Emirates Stadium. And I have to say, I can totally testify that the Lord took my... I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I don't think I messed up. I don't think I totally. <laughs> you didn't. No, I think the thing is, it's getting that balance between prayerfully preparing and not necessarily being scripted word for word, but knowing roughly. Yeah. And then also that encouragement that Jesus said, look, I will give you the words. I'll give you the words. I know. It's so true. It's yeah. so true. So I think that probably was a highlight. And also, I think anywhere and everywhere we go, the one highlight for me is seeing people coming to Christ. Yes. There's nothing. You just can't beat it, can you? When you see people responding, either as a recommitment, and I get a recommitment, I do. You sort of get diverted or distracted. And, you, and then I can testify to that, and then you come back. And, um, and you know, people coming to the Lord for the first time, I just, that constantly makes me well up. And <laughs> so I love all that. So that's been a highlight. Absolutely. So, yeah. and, and currently you and I are on the road every week for 10 weekends, and we're just going to local churches, yeah. uh, preaching the gospel. And we're seeing people come to Christ. Yeah. And what we've noticed recently, Killy, is the number of people who are just weeping. They're, yeah. they're just weeping yeah. when no. they come to Christ. Well, I know. Well, it is. It's, it's, when you come to Christ, it's, like, it's just like a new beginning, isn't it? It's like a fresh start. I mean, I still think back to when in the, what was it? Not the Henry Martin Hall, it was the other place. But anyway, when I went in Cambridge, when I, I came to Christ, it, it was, was St. Like Barnabas Church. St. Barnabas Church. It was like, it's just, it's just so overwhelmingly wonderful to know that everything is forgiven. You've got the new life today and, you know, and, and you've, you can live life to its full. And uh, so I think tears are a good thing. They're not a bad thing. Tears are, tears are very cathartic. 
So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, but I think it's also a sign of maybe a new wave of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And a possibly a sign of revival. It's just something we've noticed yeah. that more and more people are coming to Christ and weeping. Yeah. So hugely encouraging. It is. So, the future. <laughs> What are your hopes, aspirations, <laughs> oh expectations? <laughs> I'd love to know. <laughs> Can I just say again, I did not know these questions were coming up. Absolutely. <laughs> so the future, the future. Well, I love my grandchildren. <laughs> so that's always so lovely. I. It's lovely seeing Absolutely. them grow up. Absolutely. What, what, what do they say about uh, grandchildren? They're a gift from God for not killing your own children. children. <laughs> yeah, well, it's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I yeah. find Killy, I've got um, more patience and time with my grandchildren than I ever did with my children. Well, can I say they don't live with us <laughs> the yes. whole time? So I think that helps, doesn't it? So, um, yeah, no, it's lovely. They're very special. Um, yes, the future. I'm not avoiding the question. I'm just giving myself time, time to, to think. think. Well, I'd, I'd imagine, I mean, we've sort of talked that uh, while we can, we will travel. Yes, while we're well and, and healthy, we'll keep preaching the gospel. But we can't, you can't, we can't see ourselves stopping. No, I can't exactly see you retiring. Oh, <laughs> impossible. Well, the word retire is not in the Bible, is it? So uh, we might have a gear shift and yeah. uh, re-fired. Re yeah. But we'll be ministering, preaching the gospel till the Lord takes us. Yeah, and also I love that we also try and invest in other evangelists so like the evangelist conference and things like that are really they're really special and i hope that they will go forward in the future and perhaps doing you know smaller groups who knows really it's exciting because you don't always know exactly where you're going in the future with god so no. he'll lead us and uh, he's faithful isn't he but one of the things uh, we've observed in the gospels of jesus is that he preached to 5,000 men and their families, mm -hmm. so that's like 20,000. But he also went to Levi's home and he spoke to his ex-colleagues. Yeah. And he also stopped at a well and spoke to one woman. And we are grateful to God, aren't we, for those really huge, big opportunities. Mm. But we love also going to those homes. And we also love stopping at the well and speaking to one person and that's always been Definitely. our rhythm and practice in life and we're just going to keep continuing that. Definitely yeah and the and it's amazing really because even with neighbours and things like that it's lovely to just sort of keep those relationships ticking along and um, you know because we've got some good friends in our neighbourhood we've lived here for 25 years. years so um, yeah so it's good actually isn't it to Well, it was Be lovely. It was lovely. Yeah. Our neighbours, who I took the funerals for mm, recently, yeah. used to call us the neighbours from heaven. They did. So that was yeah, sweet. No, we'll miss them, but we're going to get new neighbours. We'll so, get new neighbours. Yeah. So it's all good. All good. <laughs> Killy, I love you. Uh, you're my best friend, partner in life, partner in ministry, and I'm so grateful to God for you. Thank you so much for joining me on Facing the Canon. Well, thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed this programme. It feels like a, a
special platinum edition uh, with my wife, Killy John. But uh, thank you to Killy for sharing honestly and from her heart. I hope that's encouraged you and inspired you in your own journey of faith. Thank you so much for joining us on Facing the Canon. Please join us again. You've been listening to the J. John Podcast. To find out more about J. John's ministry, visit www.canonjjohn.com and follow him on social media. Hi everyone, I'm delighted to be able to let you know that our new resource, How Can I Pray, is available now. This is a book targeted for primary school age children. If we're honest, we all find it hard to pray and it's good to remind ourselves of that beautiful prayer that the Lord Jesus instructed us to pray. This is beautifully illustrated and communicates very simply how we can talk to our Heavenly Father. Can I encourage you to purchase copies for your children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, for your churches and help children in their journey of faith. Get your copy now at canonjjohn.com.